Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. What if I mess up? Episode 6 of the Prayer and Fasting series. Too often we feel guilty or disappointed in our prayer lives. Too often we are worried that we are not praying correctly or efficiently. May we change that mentally today. Here's Jacqueline. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you've given to us. We thank you that we get to experience life and life fully um, through you, through your name. And we just praise you and thank you for that. I pray that you'll be with us this morning as we lay 1 John 1 before you. Lord God, may I lay 1 John 1 before you and pray that your scripture is what's elevated today. I pray that your words will be read, that your words will be seen, that they'd be understood by each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that my words will help settle it upon our hearts, to explain it upon our hearts, but not to overtake your words. Lord, I pray that my words won't overtake yours, but that as we walk out of the store, as we go into our day, that your words just circle in our hearts and in our minds. I thank you for fellowship. I thank you for joy. I thank you for salvation. And I lay today before you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First John 1. Did we read First John 1 this week? So First John 1 has 10 verses. We're going to go through those 10 verses. Sound good? That's our game plan. Not a hard game plan to wrap our heads around. We're going to read 10 verses. Welcome to the Bible. Verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning. You hear that and you hear John, right? John 1, 1. I love, that's what I love the most about reading through these three letters is you can hear his words of the book of John and the fact that he just, it's always about Jesus. His words are always about Jesus. It's beautiful. And Jesus was from the beginning. And then he stands on his Christian pride. You remember talking about our Christian confidence a couple weeks ago? John throws it down. He identifies himself. When we read uh, different books in the Bible, the author of the letter will always say his name and his identification, right? This is, this is who I am in Christ. Here's how John starts this letter. He says, that which was from the beginning, he starts with the name Jesus, which we have heard, he testifies, which we have seen with our eyes. And you can feel him pause for a moment as he writes that. I've seen Jesus with my own eyes. Can you wrap your head around that? Do you dream about that day where you get to see Jesus' face? John says, I've seen it. I just sit with that. It's beautiful. He says, which we've looked upon and we've touched with our hands. Jesus is real. He's there. Concerning the word of life, verse 2, he says, the life was made manifest. And again, it's like he can't even wrap his head around his own truth. He just repeats himself like he's trying to build so you get it. You know, when you tell somebody a praise and they're like, oh, praise God. And you're like, no, but really, did you hear what God did? Oh, yeah, that's great. But no, really, did you hear what God did? And you just want to circle over and over because you can't wrap your head around it. This is how this feels to me when I read it. He says, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to who? You. 
This is a personal letter. John wrote this letter to the Christians of Ephesus. He was living in Ephesus, and he wrote a letter to his brothers and sisters that were in his city at that time. Christ rose again. Hallelujah, right? The smile. Jesus Christ is alive today. He rose again. Jesus, or John witnessed that. He knew Jesus in the flesh before Jesus died. And John's like, I was with Jesus when he was alive again. I touched it. I heard his voice. I saw his face. And I'm telling you, it's Jesus. This is this. This is his letter. He says, I'm going to testify to it, and I'm going to proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father. There's doctrine. There's deep theology. We're going to let the Spirit lead there, or talk to me afterward, and we'll dive deep into theology when time allows. But the fact that Jesus Christ is the very Son of God is mind-blowing and factual and true and our very foundation on which we stand. He was with the Father, and he was made manifest to who? Us. Verse 3, he says, that which we have seen. Do you hear it again? That which we have seen, that which we have heard, that's what we are proclaiming also to you. We don't want to keep it to ourselves. Have you ever been stuck there? Where you're like, I'm so in love with Jesus, but I know I want to talk to this person, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how to do. Well, just follow John. Jesus. Well, what do I say next? I don't care. Jesus. (laughs) Well, what did Jesus do? Oh, he died on the cross. Well, why? Well, because he loves you. Oh, he died for me? Yeah, but don't worry. He rose again. You just testified. You just proclaimed that easy. Well, what if they ask a question? Answer it. What if I don't know the answer? Say, I don't know. That's an answer. That's a good answer. That's a better answer than making up something that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Say, I don't know. I don't know is a good, good phrase. It's honest. It's real. And then you say, but I know somebody who does know. And then you're on their phone. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> and she loved getting those messages. I have a question. Verse 3 again, he says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too, and this is an interesting terminology. He doesn't point to salvation. Note this. But this is interesting. He says, So that you too may have fellowship with us. We want to proclaim what we know about Jesus Christ so that you have fellowship with us with us. This is not a salvation message. This is not for the unsaved ear. He's talking to his brothers, his sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying, I already know that you have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I know you are saved, and I know that you know that I'm saved. And he says, and because of our salvation, because we are inseparable, because we are, according to John 10, 27, in the very hand of Jesus Christ, whose hand is in the very hand of God, we have fellowship together. That's what we have. So I'm in this moment thanking God. I'm like, it doesn't matter what our physical body is going through. You are alive. And I'm going into the bathroom and putting on my mic, you know, because I have a mic. And one of our girlfriends comes into the bathroom. And this is the beauty of being girlfriends. 
I had a conversation with a girlfriend in the bathroom. I got a hug. I got a praise. I got giggles. I got tears in the eyeballs this morning of a praise of how big our God is. Before my first 10 minutes in this building, in this room, I come back into the bathroom. I stand right here. And one of our girls comes up to me and grabs my shoulders. And she's like, I have to tell you something. Tears. She says, my great grandbaby who is having problems inside the womb just got a test and the test came back negative. They can't find anything wrong with this baby. In, in 10 minutes timing, and that doesn't even match up the rest of the 10 minutes that happened and the things that have happened since we've opened scripture. God says, come in and have fellowship with us. That's what you get from salvation. Yes, you call upon the name of the Lord and you are saved. You are saved from hell. You are saved from sin. You are saved from the grip of death over you. That's a hallelujah. But even on top of that, it says through Jesus, you have this. This is what you have. It doesn't matter if you're tired. It doesn't matter if you got in a fight before you came. It doesn't matter if you told somebody off. <laughs> Not that we do that. You come in here and you breathe. You're with your girlfriends when two or three, right, are gathered together. Who is there? Jesus. It's the fellowship that we have. That's what we have. That's beautiful. Prayer is good. Mountains get moved when we have fellowship together. This is what John is saying. Do you see why he was having such a hard time getting these words out of his mouth? He's like, I've seen it. I've not just seen Jesus, but I've seen the mountains moved. I've seen him feed 5,000 people out of nothing. I've seen him walk on water. I've heard what he said. I was there on the Mount of Olives. I was there when he was being transfigured before my face. I heard what God Almighty said about my friend, Jesus Christ. I heard it and I touched him. When he rose again, I hugged him. He was in my arms. This is what John is saying. And he can't get his words out enough, and I get it. It's Jesus. Verse 3, again, he says, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Full circle. That's our fellowship. We go into stores, we go into places, and we find a stranger. And you can, you're just like across the way, and you're like, there's something about that person. Have you ever had that? And then you end up having random conversations with a stranger, and you're like, you know Jesus, don't you? Yeah, I know Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Yeah, I know Jesus. <laughs> what is that? Christians don't have, we don't have that religious display, right? There's a lot of um, religions that have a a display where you see what they're wearing, you see their hairstyle, you see their face, and you know, oh, that's that religion. Christians don't have that. We don't have that identity mark, right? We don't. So what is that? What is that? Well, not everybody has discernment. We have Christians that don't have discernment. There's some of us in this room that are begging God every day. Lord, this is what I'm going to fast about today. I need discernment. 
And we could spill out different words, but we're all so different. God gives us all different gifts. The fruits of the Spirit pour out of us differently. So we could say things, but that doesn't match all of us at all seasons, at all hours of the day. What is it that helps us identify one another? Look at verse 4. He says, and we are writing these things so that what? Our joy joy will be complete. It's that joy. It's that understanding that it doesn't matter what is right in front of my face. My conversation is here. Mm -hmm. That's joy. I've had so many stories these last few weeks as we are identifying our prayer life, as we are where we are, and identifying our fasting life as we are where we are. And stories are being like, I'm seeing it. Like, I know what my prayer life looks like. I know. Huh. I have a prayer life. <laughs> and it has my identity. And it's, it's cool. We're seeing, we're standing on our confidence of I have understanding of God. I know God. I've seen him. I've heard his voice in my secret place. And we're identifying our place with God. And that joy is starting to spill out of us. Where does that come from other than the Holy Spirit in us? It's alive. It's power. Verse 5, he switches game. He explains Jesus. And then he says in verse 5, this is the message. And he goes back to how he started this letter. That which was from the beginning. And verse 5, he says, this is the message The very one that we heard from who? Jesus. He's not saying a new message. John's not giving anything brand new here. It's not a new thing. He's saying the same thing that God said in the Old Testament. He's saying the same thing Jesus said when he was preaching on earth. He's saying the same thing Jesus told John in the flesh. Nothing new, but everything that's gold. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Our question today was, what if I mess up? And I wonder if your question about this was different six weeks ago before we started our prayer journey. What if I mess up in my prayer life? Because this is specific prayer and fasting study. What if I mess up when I'm praying? Have you thought that before? What if if I pray wrong? What if I say the wrong words? What if I disrespect his ears? What if I overstep my bounds? What if I set an appointment with God and I don't show up? What if I mess up in prayer? What if I mess up in fasting? What if I give God two hours and it's only an hour and 40 minutes? And what if I eat while I'm fasting? What if I mess up? The answer to that is, it's your relationship with God. It's the same answer to last week's, what if I don't? Welcome to the freedom of Christ. If you don't show up, your joy won't be full. But your salvation is the same. God is the same. Jesus is the same. Your placement in the hand of Jesus and the hand of God will not change. The joy in you, that's the only thing that you're missing. The sad thing is, is a lot of us as Christians, our joy dissipates and fades and we don't even notice it. And it becomes natural. And we start going through our Mondays and our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays and our Thursdays and our Fridays. And we're like, life is just mundane. 
and we get in that place. And we wonder what's missing, and we're wondering what's we're, what we're needing, and it's that joy. And we're like, oh, really? Yeah, but the joy. No, really, the joy, it makes all the difference. That joy that we have when we get together with our, with our girls, that joy is that fellowship that is promised us in the name of Jesus that can go with us every single Monday of every single week. I love Mondays. Mm-hmm. Question is, what if I mess up? If you mess up, it's more or less when we feel like we're messing up, it's our own self-doubt. It's the own, our rules that we put on ourselves that we break. So we're disappointing ourselves. Most of the time when you feel like you've messed up in your prayer life or your fasting life, it's yourself that you've hurt. Be nice to yourself. And there's an answer. That answer is who? Jesus. The answer is Jesus. And you're like, but that's too simple. Yeah. Isn't it great? Jesus says, I come to give you rest. I come to make it easy. And we put on all these rules and obligations and requirements and we make it hard. Jesus, that's not who I am. Don't do that. However, there are three things, according to this passage, that we can do that hinders our prayer life and therefore hinders our joy. In these three areas, we can mess up. And sometimes in Women Inseparable, we get real. Are we ready? Okay, let's get real. And take this into small group. That's my request. This is the message, John says in verse 5. We have heard from him. We proclaim to you that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Again, this is not salvation. This is not a salvation letter to somebody who is unsaved. This is for a Christian who's saying, I know who God is. God is light. And I know that in God there is no darkness at all. I believe that. Verse 6, he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, we have this, in God, With our people, we have fellowship with him. While we walk in darkness, we lie. That's a powerful sentence. That's a throw down, stop and contemplate sentence. That's a sentence we try to not think about because we don't want to think about ourselves as a liar, as a sinner. We don't want to think about it. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes we wonder, why is our prayer life hindered? Where is my joy? Maybe because you're saying with your actions, you're saying with your words, you're saying with your girlfriend time, I have fellowship with God, but I'm walking in darkness. There is a difference between this walk and darkness. This is not saying I am in this secret place with God. I am working, I am doing life with God. And I'm still in the flesh. And so I really, really messed up on Wednesday afternoon. And then I got right back into the light and I kept on going. Right? We're human. We're living in the flesh. Give yourself grace. God is. Mm -hmm. If you're walking in the light and your flesh gets in the way, get control of your, your flesh and keep in the light and keep on going. It's called being the child of God. It's beautiful. However... As your friend, as your sister, may I say, if you are walking, that means constant movement in darkness. So you're saying I have fellowship with God and you're walking in darkness. And I don't know what that darkness looks like, but it's darkness. Then you are not in the light of God. Your salvation is there, but you're not in the light of God. You're not in the fellowship of his people. You're not filled with his joy. Do you see that difference? And you're like, oh, that makes sense. That's why this week has been awful. 
And that darkness could be the past, that darkness could be future, that darkness could be a sin that you will not acknowledge. Sin is never fun to talk about, but there's a promise. Look at this. He says, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we are a liar. We lie and we do not practice the truth. We're not practicing it. We're like, well, it's not easy. Well, yeah, I know you're learning something new. New is never fun. We talked about being the new girl. That's not fun. Learning something new is hard because you've got to practice it. Where are you in your prayer life? Practice where you are. Don't worry about where you once were. Don't worry about where you want to be. Where's your prayer life right now? Practice it. Every day, all day, practice it. Where are you in your fasting life? I don't care where you were before. I don't care where you want to be in 20 years. Right here, right now, 2021. What's your fasting life? Be real. Be there. Practice it. And if you're so busy practicing there, you're not worrying about walking in the darkness. And before you realize it, the more you practice here in the light of God, your darkness goes away. Your temptation goes away. Your desire goes away. Do you know God says, I will give you the desires of your heart? That's not saying, oh, I desire this, therefore God's going to give it to you. He's going to get a desire and he's going to put that desire in you. And you're going to want that desire that God puts in you. Does that make sense? He gives us the desires of our heart. And we're like, I no longer desire this darkness anymore. What has happened? Oh, you've walked in the light of God and God has given you a light inside of you that is just knocking out every ounce of that darkness that it cannot even, cannot even call your name. You don't even hear it anymore. And you just stand there and say, I used to get tempted by that. That's all I got to say about that. I'm now in the light. Do you see that? If you know your sin, because we're human, call your sin by name. If you want to challenge this week, because we all love prayer challenges. If you want to challenge this week, get real with God and say, God, here's my sin and I'm going to name it. Once you give it a name, it becomes real and it no longer has as much control over you. See it for what it is. It's sin. God says that sin and you're saying, God, I confess. And that's our next verse. God, I confess this sin. I agree with how you see it. I agree with what you say about it. And I, I don't want it. And you're no longer making mistakes. And you're no longer your person. And you're no longer doing this or doing that. You're calling it sin. And it can now leave. In a way, you're opening the door and saying, bye. Is it that easy? Yeah, it is. And then you work at it and then you practice it. Like I call it sin. I lay it. It's gone. I confess it. And then Satan's going to want to attack you because anyone who's in the light, Satan hates. So practice being in the light and you won't even notice Satan's throwing things at you. You won't even feel his stones because you're in the light. You're practicing in the light. Not that you're trying harder, but it's part of, part of your routine. It's a different form of practice. It's not you putting yourself, like, oh, I got to practice. You're, you're, it's part of your person. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's our exaggeration again. 
You will be in the flesh while you are in the, in the light of God. You will be in the flesh. Why? Because you're human. Why? Because you're alive. Life is good. Be alive. Until God takes you home, be alive. Don't, don't get mad at yourself for being human. That's rude. Don't get frustrated with your flesh for being fleshly. That's rude. Stay in the light and just give yourself grace. Be nice to you. Verse 80 says, if we say we have no sin, here's the second one. So the first one is don't walk in darkness. Just don't. But be real. If you are walking in darkness, be real. Call it what it is and confess. Does that make sense? There's the first one. The second one says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Sometimes we can get to that place that we're in the light of God and we're not walking in darkness. We've conquered this. We've confessed this. We're free of this. And we're in the light of God. And we say we have no sin. We're holy. We are in fellowship with God Almighty. Our flesh, not an issue. Being a human, not an issue. I just... I just don't sin. <laughs> Thank you girls for being so real. <laughs> and that that's not an issue in this room. I will say I've heard these words from people before. I just, I just don't sin anymore. Like, Can I have your autograph, please? <laughs> Because that's outstanding. Because according to scripture, Jesus was without sin for the first time and the only time ever in the history of mankind. He was without sin. And as far as I know, he and he alone is the only man, the only human that has ever been without sin. So if you ever get to this point where you say, I have no sin, you're deceiving yourself. If that's your heart issue where it's messing up, if that's where you're messing up in your prayer and fasting, get right with God and confess your sin of saying you have no sin. Okay. Short and to the point, verse 9. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. Can we write that somewhere? If you get an expo marker, I don't know if Jen is here this morning. I'm looking at her name. She is. Jen D has been one of my, my heart friends, and she's on, on Zoom. She instructed me years ago, get an Expo marker. If you write it with an Expo marker on a mirror or on glass, it wipes off when you're done. It's brilliant. So you can write a truth on your mirror, and when you're done, when you have that truth in you, erase it and put up a new one. Isn't that a great, great friend advice? Buy stock in Expo Markers <laughs> and write this truth right here. He is faithful. You may struggle with confessing your sin and forgiving yourself. You may struggle. Give yourself grace in that. You're learning a new way of thinking. You're like, I know my sin. I know this cycle that I'm going to go through. Well, guess what? God has a new cycle for you. Confess your sin, get out of the darkness, lay it down and learn a new cycle. How? Practice being in the light. Stay in the light and before you know it, you're going to, it just happens. Jesus is big. It just happens. Confess your sin. He is faithful. He is 
just. He will forgive our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We cannot, as a human, confess every single sin, every single second, every single day of our life. You would not get anything else done with your life. <laughs> the beauty of knowing Jesus as your Savior is you can say, I'm sorry. I love you. Help walk in light. Be in the light. And help forgive you of all and righteousness. You don't have to pinpoint. You don't have to detail. If the Spirit's laying on your heart right now, this is the sin, give that sin and be forgiven of all unrighteousness. In verse 10, and this is the last one, and he ends it shortly, and so are we. Verse 10, he says, if we say we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and his word isn't in us. This is the point of this letter, and it continues on chapter two. If this is something heavy in your heart, continue on to chapter two. If you say you have no sin, that you've never sinned, that you just, just don't, sin's not an issue with you. Never have been, not right now. You're calling God a liar. You're calling the word of God false. I would be very careful, and I'm saying this very seriously. I'd be very careful to be in this place of saying, God is a liar. His word is not true. Because that right there in this message is saying you do know, not know Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You do not know him as your Savior. Be careful. Don't pretend to be in the fellowship of God without knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's where he ends this chapter. That's where we're going to end the chapter. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the truth of 1 John 1. Thank you for being so real. Thank you for being John's friend. And I thank you for being our friend. It's just mind-blowing how much you love us and how much we have the right to love you. I pray that you'll be with us right now as we talk about our heart. I pray that you'll help us to get real. I help us to be honest with one another. And I pray that you'll help us to listen respectfully to one another. I lay First John 1 still before you, and I pray that your spirit will do what your spirit does. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online.